0: everybody, This is Dave Sturcio, and this is the first episode, the pilot episode of a sit down with Sturch. Uh, this sit down is just me. So, unfortunately, you're not going to get a guest on episode one because I think it's a, a real good idea for me to kind of give you a background of where I come from, uh, give a background of where I came from, uh, tell you about the terrible childhood that I had. No, I'm kidding. I actually came up really good and um, I was taken very well care of uh, by my by my folks. Um I'm a I'm a Woodbridge guy. I'm a, I was born and raised in Ford's, New Jersey, which is a small town that nobody ever heard of until you're there or you pass through it for the 13 seconds that you're <laughs> that you're in it. Um, that's where I started my journey, and um, I you know obviously I was born up in Belleville, right? So up in the Harrison area, that's where my grandparents uh, lived. That's where I was every Sunday for the first you know years of my life. Um, But obviously we moved down to Woodbridge condo area like we did the condo thing first. And then obviously my father purchases a house in Ford's where he still lives to this day, Um, which is again, that's like you you talk about grandma's house and grandpa's house from when I was growing up. Now that's kind of turned into grandma's house and grandpa's house when I'm all grown up. Um, It was a a very cool childhood, uh, early going, uh, as you guys might know, based off of maybe if you follow me through Chop Sports or anything that I might be involved in. I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, so you can understand when I tell you that childhood was good. Growing up, I'm in the 90s, so the Super Bowls were coming frequently, right? And you got to talk shit to all the Giants fans every day at school, in the schoolyard, tell you that why Troy Aikman is better than Phil Simms, why Emmitt Smith is better than Rodney Hampton. You know, we just had a stacked team back then, and uh, if you want my sports intake of, of you know everything that I know about sports, you can head on over to the Chop Sports Daily every day. Uh, I'll get more into Chop Sports as we go along, but, um, you know, overall... It was uh, it was an interesting childhood. I went to school 14 uh, over there in Fords. And again, if you're not a New Jersey resident or even a Middlesex County resident, you probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I won't get into too many details with all my teachers and all this other stuff. It was it was cool. Uh, Grammar school was cool. A lot of girls liked me in grammar school I, I looked like uh, I had the I had the same haircut that everybody else had when you're in when you're in grammar school and that was the little mushroom thing with the with the part in the middle right and I, I pulled it off well um, and so I had my fair share of, of crushes over in, in grammar school and leading into middle school but unfortunately when middle school hit, Um, I also was introduced to the next love of my life, and that was Elio's Pizza. So I ate a lot of that, plus the bagel bites, plus the inactivity that I was kind of doing. I was still playing sports. I I played sports my entire childhood. But when you get to middle school and things like the PlayStation were uh, just created and you grow up with a guy by the name of John um, as, as my best friend, um, there's a lot of video games to be played and you know unfortunately that's all we did. Um, when I was growing up in, in, in elementary and into middle school, John was my best friend and I can honestly say he and I were closer than my own brother Danny uh, and me because I guess like when you're that young you have your certain sector of friends and then like my brother's two years younger than me so he had his certain you know sector of friends but as we get older obviously that all changes. Um, and now my brother is my best friend. Like that's the, the one kid I still, he's my little brother. I still look up to him. I aspire to be him. Uh, he's a great father. He's a great husband. He's a great son. He's a great brother. So shout out to, uh, to the, to the Dan man. Uh, but growing up was, it was really cool. Um, it was sports. Sports was everything. Sports was my life. Um, and that goes for pretty much every boy when you're growing up you know you, you latch on whether it be sports or pro wrestling i was actually kind of associated with both you know and i and i loved both Uh, I would have to eat steamed carrots every Monday night just so I can watch Monday Night Raw. Uh, After, however, that was after Melrose Place uh, because my my mom made me watch that. So I am a product of divorced parents, so two separate lives that I got to live. I probably got to live on the edge a little bit more with my mom. My dad was more cookie cutter, you know. Don't break the law, asshole kind of guy. You know, don't don't screw up. Uh, respect everybody. You know, I, I taught I was taught a lot by him and by my mom in respective ways. I think my personality, uh, my dance moves, um, uh, those come from my mom. Uh, but then again, you know, you come to find out when you see my dad interact with some of his friends, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I am more like my dad. You know, sports guy and and having fun and trying to be the comedian of the group and, and trying to have some laughs with all your friends at all times i'm I'm definitely you can consider me the life of the party i guess when there was parties uh, i would always like to make my friends laugh and i had a good nice core friend group going into middle school and into high school and those guys some of those guys are still my friends to this day which you know shout out to that core uh, because those guys are, are, are my lifeblood now. Because as you get older, I'm, I'm 36 years old, 37 in September, you know, you you tend to find out who, who sticks by your side and who wants to roll with you and who wants to compliment everything that you're doing as far as like, you know, good job, Dave. Keep going, Dave. You're doing great, Dave. And then there's some people that kind of get jealous or they just, you know, different interests and you kind of spread away and they don't like to go out to the bars to watch the game or they don't like to do this. Everybody has different interests and that's fine. And I'm not going to fault anybody for that. Um, but yeah, growing up was cool. Unfortunately, when I talked about, uh, earlier when I talked about Elio's pizza, uh, that in turn made me a, um, a fatter kid. And that's, that's the bottom. I still, and and it's unfortunate because this is a real thing, um, Body dysmorphia and those stigmas—they exist even to this day. Um, I've been an active lifter of the weights. I like the gym. Uh, I go. I try to get there four times a week, five times sometimes. Um, shout out to my boy John Segretti, who's also living his dream. He just opened up a grant, uh, a great gym entitled the the Kingdom. Um, so I've been working out there for the last couple of weeks, and it's been some of my better workouts than I've ever had. But that, all, that was never always the case. I never did hit the weights up until I was like 20, 21 years old. And that's the truth. So all my, quote, athletic ability that I had was just natural. I like to play football, basketball, baseball. I was around all of it. I've played all of it, all of it organized. Uh, never got into soccer, never, never got into hockey. I did play one game of beer league, like um, – adult league hockey, where I played like defense and I just kind of sat there on skates and I was just like, I was like a fill in for the day. Uh, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. However, I'll get into that job in a second. Uh, but anyway, childhood was cool. Uh, had a lot of good friends, a couple good relationships with, with women growing up in the middle school, high school. Again, you're the fatter kid. So you weren't the first choice. Okay. Um, so nowadays, um, you know, things are different. Things are different when you get older, You, you experience a lot of uh, triumph and tribulations and um, I think uh, you know I, i've I've kind of locked down what I want to do with the rest of my life and I you know I don't like getting into too much detail, but right now, I'm a father of two kids. Do the math. You know, I found the one that tolerates me the most. You know what I mean? I found the one that deals with all my bullshit and has supported the the chase, um, you know, for the, for the dream. And, um, you know, so shout out to my home team. Uh, they're the reason why I do this. They're the reason why I chase every day. They're the reason why my two feet hit the ground every morning. Um, but, yeah, growing up was... It was difficult um, because you were the fatter kid. You were picked on a lot. You were bullied a lot. As soon as I got to middle school, a lot of the eighth graders didn't really like me. I was a sixth grader, you know, going into that. And then when you're a freshman in high school, all the seniors kind of picked on you. I remember calling my dad the first day of I believe it was high school it could have been middle school I don't know but I I called my dad and I said dad you know you're never gonna believe this but I don't fit in the locker the lockers are small so they can't stuff me in this locker like that was my I was excited about that and I was like this is great I don't know I'm not i am not going to get picked on that much uh but there was a lot of fat jokes there was a lot of you know just there was a lot of parties where I would tell my friends guys look Bump me near the pool So I have to fall into the pool With my shirt on So therefore there's my excuse guys I mean I guess I'm wet now Might as well just stay this way You know um, And that was unfortunate That was a rough time uh, There was times where You know, uh, little kids that that were involved in, in our circle of friends would ask why I had bigger boobs than some of the girls, like straight up. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'll never get over this. And I never did. I never will, actually. Body dysmorphia is a real thing. And if you don't think it's a real thing, just ask me. Sometimes there's good lighting and sometimes there's good angles where you're like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm good. But then like every morning I'll wake up and I'm like, you fat piece of shit. Look at you. You know, look how horrible you look. And it's tough, man. And it's tough because you like I like beer. I like pizza. I like my carbs. And for anybody who was like, oh, I just, like, I had kicked carbs. So that's why I learned, well, that's, I'm never going to look like that. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, I, I I, wholeheartedly believe in being happy and healthy to an extent. That's why I go to the gym when I was in education. I can get into that too. I was in education. A lot of guys, a lot of kids saw me walking around with a big jug of water. And they're like, well, Mr. S, why do you go to the gym all the time? It's like, I straight up told him so I can eat pizza you know, like, so, so I don't feel bad about eating pizza. So overall, high school was rough uh, in that regard. I did meet a couple good friends throughout the course of high school where they stuck by my side, no matter what I looked like, no matter what I like to eat. uh, And some of those guys are still my friends uh, to this day. You know, shout out to to the Greggs and the Kevins of the world and the Tims and the Slims. And, you know, those guys, those are my core, man. My Mark Jameson, I was in his wedding. He was in mine. You know what I mean? So um, those are my best friends and they still remain my best friends to this day. So that's pretty cool that you can say that like you, you met a lot of kids in high school or even middle school. And when you're 37 which I'm now hit what is it 2022 so I've been out of high school for 19 years uh, so that's kind of crazy but for 19 years after high school these guys have stuck by my side they've created families they've took me on trips they've you know we've gone out on boats like we're living the life man and those guys my entourage of guys uh, will always be by my side and I'll always be by theirs so that's pretty dope um, out of high school I decided to go to college, and I put college in air quotes uh, because I went to Middlesex. I got rejected by Kane. I got rejected by Rutgers. My SAT score was an 880 twice. I <laughs> took that bitch twice and still screwed it up. Um, I'm not a test taker. I've myself a smart guy, street smart, book smart. Sure. You know, I know things I know sports, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I know how to put a podcast on the air. So like, those are the things I learned over time, but I was never like, Oh, read the passage and answer the following question. Reading comprehension 101. I was like, fuck all this. I'm not good at this at all. Uh, so that's why my SAT scores sucked, and that's why I was in the remedial classes at Middlesex County College to start, and that's why it took me three years to get my associate's degree because that first year, I was burrowed in the books of doing all the the um, the remedial classes, the classes just to get to the good stuff, right? I went to school for sports journalism. I wanted to be a writer. I knew that. I knew that right away. I wanted to cover the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I want to do. Uh, one day, I'll get there, and that was 2004, I got out of college in 2006 with a degree, an associate's degree in sports journalism. Now, what's next, Dave? Well, you could take all your credits and gone on over to a four-year school and put yourself in debt for the rest of your life, or you can find some a different route. And that's what I did. I actually found the Connecticut School of Broadcasting off of, of a radio commercial. I think it was Joe who was saying, was like, you want to be in broadcasting, bro? And I'm like, oh, shit! I mean, I do. Yeah, that's why I've been writing, but I've always wanted to be on the air. As my mom always put it, you're the next John Madden. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I, I can do this. Uh, so that's what I did. I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and bless my father who paid for the entire thing. Much like he paid for my entire college. Uh, There's a lot of guys out there that struggle with this. There's a lot of girls out there that struggle with this where they can't afford certain things. My dad uh, was in a position where he can help his kids do whatever they wanted to do, you know, Uh, and not always these things don't always stick. You know what I mean? Uh, so I went to broadcasting school. I had a great time. I met Dave LaGreca, um, who is going to definitely be a guest on this show because he was my first broadcasting teacher over at CSB. He turns out to be one of the biggest radio hosts um, in New York City and in, in in the United States when it comes to professional wrestling. And he's the one who told me and my boy, Phil, that that you can never make a career out of talking wrestling for five days a week. Well, guess what, Dave? You done. You done did it. So congratulations to you. Um, but anyway, so that school was cool. It was like a, a seven-month program. And they were like, all right, when you're done with this, um, you can uh, go look at our big fat stack binder and find out where you want to go next. There's internships. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, I'm not going to make any money, but it'd be cool to see, you know, to do something. And there was everything. There was NASCAR. There was, there was uh, MLB. There was, there was a couple football things, right? And I'm like, well, I love football. And I saw that the New York Jets, remember, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. The New York Jets had put in this binder that they were looking for production interns on the media team. And I'm like, well, I don't hate the Jets. I have a lot of Jets fans' friends. I think this would be a cool story to tell. So why not just apply for the Jets? And if I get the job, awesome. So... um, couple weeks go by, I don't hear nothing. I'm like, well, I guess it's time to go get a job. You know, I got to get a job anyway because I got to support myself. I'm getting older now. It's no more daddy's money. Like, dad would still help me out from time to time. But you want to start making your own way. You're an adult now. You're out of college. Um, So then weeks later, I got a call from uh, Steve Venditti of the New York football Giants. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I I apply for the Jets. Like, Is there a mix-up? He's like, oh, I got your resume here. I uh, see you with the CSB. We'd like to bring you in for an interview. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm not going to work for the Giants. I can't do that. That's sacrilege. That's not, I can't do that. And here I was. And I was like, fuck it. I'll go for the interview. But guess what, guys? I got a massive Dallas Cowboys star on the back of my truck. And I'm not taking that off. And I didn't. I went on the interview with it. Pulled into the parking lot at MetLife Stadium with it. And um, I got hired. Uh, I'm a very easy uh, person to interview. I interview well. I talk well. I can sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Shout out, Tommy boy. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm good at. I'm good at selling myself. I'm good at sh- showing you that I have some drive and I have some knowledge and I have some passion for everything that I do. So I get hired by the New York Giants. Now, before I get into the internship, um, every life that you have, that anybody living right now has experienced loss. Some of it being traumatic, more than more than others right um, so at around this time um, now here's you know sidebar but I grew up with my friend John I referred to him earlier where we did the Madden thing and we did the Elios and we played you know Frankie next door and, and Rizzo next door to play some basketball football always playing sports right grew up um, together and we we chased the same girls we we you know he dated one I dated the friend you know it was like a cool thing. And then it was a, uh, a weird night, um, uh, not a weird night, but just a, a random day where I was supposed to go to the movies with him, his sister, and her daughter, so his niece. And I get to the house. I'm driving at the time, obviously, because it's right before the internship. Uh, not even before the internship. Maybe, maybe a year before the internship. So it, it, there was some time to marinate this entire thing um so i go there and they're like well we can't necessarily go we're going through a little bit of a family crisis and i'm like family what the fuck you're you're my family why shouldn't how come i don't know about this and um they told me that john wanted to talk to me in his bedroom and i said yeah of course i'll talk to him he's my best friend so i walk in and there's another uh another guy in the in the room already and i'm like oh what's up man i'm i'm dave and and the guy was like i'm sal and i'm like all right cool what the what's going on and and John's like, hey man, um, look, I've been eating at you know this has been eating at me. Uh, you're my best friend. I needed to tell you, this is my boyfriend, and um, I'm gay. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, turn, you know, swerve storyline, heel turn. I don't know, it's not a heel turn, but you know, I'm like, oh, um, okay, uh, cool, nice to meet you. Uh, and that was it. Like there was no like, oh my god, I I can't be friends. With-. And I, and this was before. A lot, listen, this is long before this is like widely accepted now in 2022, where you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, whoever you want, whatever. Back then, 2005, 2006, it's not as widely accepted. Some close people didn't accept him for what he was about to do. And I said, strictly, straight up, not even bullshitting you, I said, bro, you can do whatever you want just don't fucking hit on me, (laughs) you know, like I I made that joke and we laughed and, and that was it. That was the, that was history. And then you you grow apart a little bit because he's starting, he's now doing his relationship with his boyfriend. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. And I got this coming up and I got to graduate college. And so we grew apart, but always still connected. Always, always, always. And we still hung out and everything was fine. There was nothing wrong. I had no ill will whatsoever. That's why to this day, if you are one to come out and, and do that, I, I commend your bravery, right? Because, like, that's a, the big deal, right? Um, and I think that the people that are against all this stuff, like, you guys can all rot in hell. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I firmly believe there's a special spot in hell for all you people who don't accept somebody because of who they like or what, you know, what gender they like. Do whatever the fuck you want, man. That this is This is the world we live in, right? And if it's not accepted, you're just weird and I shouldn't accept you. Um, so anyway, long story short, uh John again, struggling with all this because there's a lot of friends that told him to go scratch. There was. And I was like, I can't believe some of these people are just dipping off the face of the earth for this kid because he came out and said he was gay. So it was literally the night before, um the night before I was supposed to leave for Albany, New York, which is where the Giants have their training camp. So I'd been hired. Um all this good shit I was the night before and I had talked to him the day before and I told him about the internship about how I was leaving for Albany it was going to be great and he said dude you're going to make it dude and then that was it I went to bed game you know that I that's the last text I ever received from John because the following night the night before my internship I uh I got a call or a text from his sister. And there was a running joke at the time that I had, you know, the hots for his sister at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call this late. This is going to be good, you know? Um, and it wasn't that. It was it was that John had passed away, and I lost him. And at that moment, I knew that the, the pressure and everything that he was dealing with got to him. And, and it got to him to the point where, look, there's there's going to be people that think that he, he took the, quote, easy way out or... I don't know. Uh, from what everybody tells me and sources close to the situation is that there was a a, a bad mix of things. Right. I don't know what he was into. I don't. I, I, that, that was the part I kind of left out. I was like, I, 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 I don't know. Um, to me, I, I again, my opinion is not the facts, but I, I think John took his own life. And I think that there was a problem with the fact that people weren't accepting him. Close people to him weren't accepting the fact that he was a a gay man living in 2007 or six at the time or five at the time when it all happened. But when he took his life, you know, my guy was, he was 20 years old, you know, and I'm like, it, it crushed me. It ruined me. I didn't know how to handle it. I cried for days. I cried in my dad's arms. I cried every day for like a week or two weeks straight. And that was the day before I was supposed to start this amazing internship with the New York Giants. And I actually, in my mind, I said, "I said the last time I talked to John, he said, you're going to make it. So I'd be a fool to say, like, I can't go now. You know, John would want me to go and start my career and journey to the NFL or to wherever I was going. So that's what I did. I went. And I cried the whole way up, and I listened to Creed the entire way up. Creed was our band, man. I mean, I know it's not cool right now, but at the time, Creed was a badass rock band, Christian rock band, I guess you could say. But uh, they were they were the guys, and we, I, I sang on the top of my fucking lungs the entire trip up, and um, and that was it. I, I came back home about a couple days later for his funeral and his services, and I was actually I was actually asked to do the eulogy. Um, and I did. I would. I would never deny that. That was my brother. You know, and I loved him. I really did. His decisions were his decisions. His lifestyle was his lifestyle. But I loved that kid more than I loved anybody else. Not not named. Not in my immediate family. You know, I, I loved him more than f- far away mem- uh, fem- members of my family. Um, but that was it. I lost my best friend, and there was a lot that went into that. There was like, all right, I'm, everything I do going forward is for him, and I know that he's going to be proud of me. Um, so. Again, not a harsh segue, but I love you, John. And if if you're listening to this in heaven with your earbuds on your big ass ears, you know I hope I hope I'm doing you proud. But um, so the internship starts, and it's great. It's great because uh, is it weird because I'm a Cowboys fan working in Giant Stadium? Yeah, a little weird. Uh, social media wasn't really a thing yet. I think I believe MySpace was still hot, and I it was all about who was in your top eight. You know that was that was really it. Um, and uh. So I, I did the internship, man. It was fun, man. It was it, it was cool in the beginning because we had the intern mobile, and it was like a big minivan. We we're like four or five interns in there, and shout out to my friend Danielle and who I still talk to to this day. I still talk to Pat. He was uh, Pat the J-Moose, uh of Mayday Productions. I still talk to him. I still talk to Kim. Uh, so these people that I kind of came up with with the Giants was was awesome. You know, it was it was a fun time. We got to live in Albany go to breakfast with the Giants, cover the team, go, you know, David deals fucking splash me with water as he was the starting left guard or right guard for the Giants. And I was so pissed. And I was like, ah, I hate this guy for the rest of the time. And I did, and I still do. Uh, so I held that gripe. <laughs> so, um, it was just a cool, cool experience, man. It really was. And, um, I, I have, uh, fond memories of it. I have, uh, not so fond memories of it. It, it, it is what it is. It was fun. Um, I got to drink at bars up there at the age of, you know, I don't even know what year it was, 21, 22. So I was definitely of age. I think I was 21. I was of age to go to the bars, and you'd run in like, oh, that's Jeremy fucking Shocky Why is he at the bar? (laughs) You know, he's supposed to be fucking at the practice. You know, the... But then again, you find out that Jeremy Shockey's a party animal, and that was awesome. Uh, but the internship was cool because I got to meet a lot of NFL players. I got to see a lot of teams come in. I got to see the Dallas Cowboys come in and beat the shit out of the Giants. I was happy about that, being on the sidelines for that. Um, but unfortunately, the 2007 season, if you're a sports fan, you know exactly how this ends. <laughs> the Giants won the Super Bowl. I was on staff. Um, it was, I didn't get a ring, which I think I should have, all the work I put in. Uh, but anyway, so... I was on the production team for the Super Bowl champion, New York Giants, and that was great. So let's take a break. Let's get uh, a couple words from a couple of our sponsors. And when I come back, post New York Giants internship. What's going on, ladies and gents of Chop Sports? It's your boy, Starch again. And today I want to talk to you about our newest affiliate and sponsor, and that's the Fusco Insurance Agency. Michael Fusco has partnered up with Chop Sports, and we are very pumped about every single service his company has to offer. The Fusco Insurance Agency offers personal and commercial lines, life insurance, health insurance. They even help with retirement and employee benefit administration. They offer accounting services through prestige tax group, tax preparation and planning, bookkeeping, payroll, retirement planning, insurance, asset protection, and even life settlements. Guys, they even fix your credit. Okay, they have credit repair through their own physically fit credit repair. They offer exclusive plans and Fusco's promise to you is that you can't lose money and you can participate in all the gains with a cap. If you're looking for a blend of personal service and expertise, you've come to the right place. They offer a broad range of services for business owners and independent professionals. Their rates are affordable. They're very experienced. And of course, the most important part about this whole thing, they're very friendly people. Visit the website right now for more of the ins and outs that Michael offers at www.fuscoinsurancecompany.com. Welcome back everybody to the pilot episode, the episode number one of a sit down with search. I'm your host, Dave Sturchio. And of course, I am the only host right now, as we will go as we go with this thing. I know I'm going to be bringing on some really cool guests sit down with a real like a lot of people. I know a lot of people. So like over the years, I've met so many people that it's second nature to bring them on and just have a chat. So I think it's going to be a very cool situation. However, I needed to kind of inform you of who the hell I am first. So I just get this internship and it's over, right? The Giants, the parade, everything. I'm like, all right, well, now what? Am I going to get hired? Uh, are the Giants going to hire me? It turns out they did not. I think they hired Danielle, I think, um, if I, I could be wrong. But I was not hired. I was like, oh, I was told thank you so much for everything you've done. And now that's it. And I'm like, all right, so What's next? Um, so this was 2007, 2008, and I did what every average American, uh, did at the time. And I applied for a job at enterprise rent a car cause they give you the tools, uh, to be your own boss. And that's the true story. I actually worked for enterprise rent a car. I met a lot of cool people doing that, but I fucking hated it. Why did I hate it? They made me shave my beard. Uh, they were like very, like just white collar, just be like, I was probably was wearing pea coats. Like this is not who I was. And I was like, this sucks but it was a full-time job and I had some money now uh, and I started to figure out what the fuck was next. Right? So, that happens for like three years, you know, between enterprise and then like a couple rinky dink jobs here and there. And I was bouncing a couple nights a week because finally I was into the workout scene. So I felt like I was, oh, I'm a tough dude. I can bounce at a couple bars. So I did that. Shout out to Mike to giving me my first bouncing gig over at Big Shots in Woodbridge or Island or whatever the hell you want to call it in New Jersey. And I, I it was it was cool, right? And I was like, oh, this, is, this is fine. I'm making money. Um, I actually uh, went through a very dark period of my life in 2011. I was dating a girl at the time who, you know, I won't even give her that much of a time on this show, but she ruined me. (laughs) She fucking ruined me. And uh, when I say ruined me, like I got to the point where right now I sit here doing this podcast. I'm six foot one, probably 265 pounds. I'm a lot of man, right? Uh, she got me down to about two Oh four. So I was, I was a rail. I wasn't eating. Um, it's all because I thought that's what she wanted. And it it was bad, dude. It was so bad. Um, and shout out to her if she didn't get hit by a bus yet. Um, but overall very bad experience in my life. I lost contact with a lot of friends during this time because every, you know, I had, I just had to be, I was a puppy following her around like a schmuck. Uh, but in that time, um, I was getting, I got, I got hired by a major league baseball um, to be a production assistant and I was like holy shit like I'm all right so it's, it's panning out here um, and but at the time I was still also I started a job working with my father he said you know what enough of your rinky-dink shit come work with me a couple days a week uh, work this MLB shit at night and th- you'll stockpile some some dollars and get your experience that you need so Major League Baseball Productions hired me and I was like this is it the girl I was dating at the time told me that I had to choose between working with my dad or MLB because she wasn't going to not see me. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, that's easy. I'll just stop working with my dad. But then I realized that MLB was so part time. And I was like, man, I don't know. Am I about to just give up on the dream right now to go work with my father and, and just date this girl? I did that. I, I left MLB before I could even get my fucking feet wet. I left major league baseball for this girl. Uh, turns out the girl um, just up and left. And I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Um not to get into like relationship stuff but in 2012 I went to an independent professional wrestling show in Rahway, New Jersey um i went with my boy evan i brought the girl i was dating i had my buddy uh pj like we're all just watching this independent show and i'm like i was captivated it's been a long time since i saw a a live show and i'm like this is really cool saw matt hardy saw cole cabana guys that were killing it on the independent scene uh post wwe or post you know wherever they were full-time and i i met a man um there named pat buck and he had cut some promo in the middle of the ring by calling Sid Justice, Sid Vicious, right? He Sid no showed the show, and he called him on a cell phone on the microphone in the middle of the ring, a pipe bomb, a pipe bomb type moment. Um, and I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. Like that's so funny. He's calling out some veteran for for big big leaguing PWS at the time, right? And I'm like, this is fucking cool. That's the coolest dude I ever met, and I didn't meet him. Um, but a month later, lo and behold, in Rawway, New Jersey, there was a professional wrestling school opening up. And I was like, can you imagine? I was like, man, how many matches have I logged with John and, and my friends the, on the trampoline? Man, I can kill this. I would be the best professional wrestler of all time. I can talk. I got the gift of gab. I'm, I'm somewhat athletic at the time, and I'm down to like fucking 210 at the time because I was dating the girl. So I said, you know what? fuck this i'm gonna do it let's do it and and i did and i went to john's family and i said look our plan was to make it to the wwe and be tag team champions well obviously things got went differently but i'm gonna go do this for us that's why i did it i put his initials on my on my gear on my gloves and everything that i wanted to wear as gear uh don't get me started on why i wore gloves i don't know i was a fucking just i don't even have to explain it I didn't like doing it. It was dumb, uh, but it helped me with my punches because I was able to lay them in there uh, and nobody was actually getting hurt. So um, here's Enter Pro Wrestling, 2012, man. Um, Grueling shit. Cracked ribs, concussions, you name it. It was happening to me immediately and shout out to Jay Lethal who was one day there where we we're learning back bumps which is a back bump if you're not a wrestling fan it's just simply falling on your back in the middle of the ring I sucked at it I was no good I had lead feet I couldn't get off my feet blah 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 it was horrible I was very frustrated at one practice and Jay Lethal comes up to me and goes look man if if Pat over there and Kevin Matthews over there aren't frustrated with you and I'm not frustrated with you as a guest trainer why are you frustrated with you like that's silly no, like just keep going and that turned it around because I was ready to quit man I was I was like this is this sucks this isn't as fake as I thought it was going to be this isn't the the ring mat doesn't feel like a trampoline like I thought it would right but there I went and 2012 hits now the night of my first match I was three months in the business so I am super duper green I'm super duper new and i was told by you know when we first started that at the end of the day and after three months when you're somewhat ready to go we're gonna put all of you students in a battle royal and i was like oh baby this is great i remember texting pj the first day i told him, i was like bro you're not gonna believe this after three months they're gonna put us in a battle royal i'm gonna win that fucking thing blah 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 and um and that was the, the thing, right? So, three month buildup, I'm selling tickets like a madman because Mike DeCrosse, as I talked to uh, about him before, you know, he hooked it up where Big Shots, there was a deal where we were going to do an after party at Big Shots. If you bought a ticket from Dave, blah, blah, blah. I sold like almost 200 fucking tickets to a 1,300 person event. Clearly, I was what they say in the business, over, because my name was being chanted on night one. People in the back were like, what the fuck? Who are they cheering for right now? And I'm looking looking around, I'm like, there's no way I can even smile at this. Like, there's no way. I don't want to be a little Mark boy. I was like, I can't can't address this shit. So, lo and behold, it happened. And the battle royal happens. I win the goddamn thing in front of my dad, my bonus mom, Barry, my brother, my sister, my uh, stepsister, everybody, bro all my friends, everybody, that place, the roof blew off, right, and I knew that the girl I was dating was also in attendance, and I crushed it, I was like, this is amazing, the greatest feeling I've ever felt, the biggest rush I've ever felt was getting my hand raised on my first match in front of 1,300 people, I was like, this, it doesn't get any better than this, so the after party's about to happen, and we're about to leave, and I asked this girl, well, I'm dating, I said, hey, listen, let's go you know we're all changed we're ready to go it's time for the it's time for the after party and she's like ah, i don't feel good now sidebar she's canceled on many many things in our relationship i went to dallas by myself because she wasn't feeling well the day of our flight so here i had to eat our flight and i said fuck it i'm still going so i still went so the sidebar there happened a lot and i was like this is bullshit so anyway she's like uh you know what let's just let's just go home you know like they're having a party regardless. Don't worry about it. Let's just, let's just go home. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I was like, why? I was like, I just want a match. Like, this is great. And she goes, come on, Dave, let's let's be honest. You know, nobody out there is gonna remember you past tonight. <laughs> and I was like, Whew, all right. Um I'm gonna go to the party. And uh she's like, What? I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go to the party. It's for me. Uh, it's for my family, it's for my friends. I'm gonna go to the party. And she's like, Are you serious? And I was like, Yeah. And in fact, I never want to fucking talk to you again or see your face. And I went to the party, partied my ass off, never saw it, never talked to her, nothing cold Turkey, like a fucking cigarette. It was done. It was over. So wrestling saved my life in that regard because I never talked to her again. And then I would meet some incredible people along the way. And I didn't have to do a damn thing. Or again, do I wish harm on her? No, but I don't also wish any good. (laughs) So anyway, um, Wrestling is an amazing outlet. I, I got myself in better shape. I had some premier storylines. It was pretty cool, man. That first couple of years of wrestling were great. Um, my claim to fame in the first couple of years of my career was wrestling Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Yep, that's right. Same guy. Oh, that guy with the fucking tongue out the mouth and USA and all that shit. That was great. People make fun of me all the time because I used to refer, it, uh, refer to it way too much. Like, all right, dude, we get it. You wrestled Hacksaw. Shut the fuck up, right? So I was like, all right, sorry. Um, but then, the month after, I uh, was doing a routine drill at practice, and I was uh, doing it with this other guy, and he throws me over. I land funky, uh, and I feel my entire knee just just completely separate from its leg. And I was like, what What just happened? I can't move. I'm locked. I, co- I couldn't move my knee. Um, go to the hospital. Girlfriend at the time, turned wife, uh, brings me to the hospital, um, and... I found out I tore my ACL and I tore my meniscus one shot, bang, done wrestling career on hold. Um, Now what? You know, now, now comes the, the darker times of my life because now I don't have that outlet anymore. And now I'm on my best friend, Greg's couch. That's where we were living at the time. And I'm like, well, what am I gonna do now, man? You know? So I'll never forget it. Jay Aletto of I believe it was Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, um, hit me up one day and I was, you know, probably pilled up or drunk or whatever, just pissed off at the world because I was laid up. Um, and he asked me, he's like, Hey man, you ever think about doing your own podcast? And I was like, What the fuck is a podcast? <laughs> you know, I was like, What do you what do you what is that? He's like, you know, like you get on the air and you just talk wrestling. And I was like, Oh, um, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, like, what What do I got to lose? I'm sitting on my ass doing nothing. So that's when Thursday Night Destruction, because that was my wrestling name, Destruction. you want to make fun of it, now's the time. And it's over. That time has passed. So now um, they, uh, Thursday Night Destruction was born. I was able to talk pro wrestling on a live format. And I actually put a sports spin on it a little bit. Um, And I was doing that for a little while. I was like, this is awesome. And at the time, uh, I was still recovering from the ACL and this, that, and the third. So I'm like, all right, well, now it's time to figure something else out. What what else you want to do, Dave? So 2014 is happening 2015 I'm realizing like shit man I I still want to be with PWS and and Pat and all those guys like what can I do started doing some backstage interviews then I got to do some commentary my first commentary gig of the night was with primetime Sam Roberts and shout out to him another big big inspiration to me uh in this career of, of of talking on the air for a living um but then like you know so I did that I got the broadcast and then 2015 I was medically cleared. It was time to get back. I was like, all right, well, I've been doing this broadcasting thing. I've been doing this podcasting thing. Maybe it's time. It's time to get back to the ring, time to do what you wanted to do and set out to do. Uh, I was in a battle royal. Uh, you know, I got a great pop from the crowd. However, uh, I was on commentary. So the goal was to wear what I wore a commentary, which was a button down tank top underneath and jeans and uh my sneakers at the time that's what i wore to do commentary so i wanted people to give the uh, illusion that i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna take the take the old collared shirt off go out there in a tank top and my jeans and go into this rumble now i'm doing squats in the back and i know if you know me they're like wait dave does squats i'm like no i don't so this is why i don't no i'm kidding um i was doing squats in the back and my pants ripped right down the ass crack so i was like sweet now what I can't go out there like this Is my first match back in, in, in 10, 12 months, right? I'm like, what do I do? So I decided to go and get my sweatpants, um, and wear those. So there was the running joke between friends that Dave wrestled his comeback match in, in, in his pajamas, basically. Um, so it was brutal. But then I had a singles match, a real return, a real feel, got the, the welcome back chant, felt good about it, squashed this kid, Eddie Franken. Love you to death, Eddie. Uh, thanks for doing the job, brother. Um, and I had a great time doing it. Um, and then I got ahead of myself. I was like, well, hold on now. I'm Dave fucking destruction. Like what's next for me? Okay. I just squashed this kid. Where's my title shot. Where's my, where is the big moment for me? And I was kind of written off and I'm like, oh, you know, we don't have anything for you right now, bro. And I got egotistical. I got mouthy. Um, and I was fired. I was fired from PWS Pat Buck fired me and I was like, Oh, okay. My wrestling career is fucking over. Um, it wasn't before a Rob Fury of SWF pro wrestling live or whatever the fuck he's going at this point. Um, to hire me back and into the pro wrestling world. I had a couple matches over there. That was fun, but the goal was to get back with Pat and I did that. I made amends with everybody that I needed to because Pat was starting something called Wrestle Pro. And that's what I did. I got back, I got another rumble, I had a little return ski, and then it turned into the decision. Pat asked me, Okay, what do you want to do, bro? Do you want to wrestle? Then I need you to come to training and wrestle, or do you want to be the Joe Rogan, the 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 lead commentator, the whatever. And I leaned towards that. I was like, you know what, man? If I don't have to take the bumps, I'm like, fuck it. Let, let me just do this. So I did that. And now here we are in the summer of 2016, and they have somebody they're building over there named Christopher Avery Cooling, right? C-A-Q. And uh, he's running through the roster. I'm talking like they're building him up big. And I said to Pat, I said, what if we what if did this? Like, I want to I get back in the ring. I do. Um, what if we do this Rocky three- type situation where I'm going to save the day while he's beating somebody up, shout out Gino Gotts. Um, I'm going to save the day and I'm going to go out there and and be the next guy in line, but I'm going to take him out, right? But then like the training leading up to this was everybody was like all on destruction, man. He's coming back. He's going to derail this monster. Meanwhile, this monster's a psychopath. He's running through more people. I was like, I want to match on my birthday and I'm going to beat the shit out of him. It wasn't obviously booked that way. I was literally booking this to come back to get beat because I was like, I want to help make this guy. It's no longer the Dave of old that cared about wins and losses and cared about my next match after that. I was like, dude, this would be really cool if everybody thinks I'm going to go in there and beat the shit out of this guy. And he Rocky Three clubber langs me and just fucking beats me up. Um, Unfortunately, on that day, I suffered the worst concussion that I've ever suffered via a clothesline to the back of the head. And it more or less really registered when I hit the mat face first no cushion really um i have video of that maybe i'll drop that on there on the old page but anyway knocked me senseless pin one two three i uh the referee was like all right man let's get you to the back and i swear to god he he told me i told him this i don't really recall it and i was like all right um what just happened i was knocked the fuck out i was out out and you know he threw up the X. he told everybody basically in the back that Dave's fucked up now, you know? Um, I walked to the back. I sat down on my chair. And I'll never forget that moment where I sat down. I'm dripping sweat. Uh, Christopher Avery comes up to me, man. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. That was awesome. That was so cool. Um, And I said to myself out loud, I said, that was my last match. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to. I want to be able to remember my kids' names. I want to go down that road of, of, of just being a mush for the rest of my life. I said, you know what? Broadcasting was my first love. It's going to be my next love and my final love. I'm going to be done with pro wrestling after that. And I was never went back, never had another match. Uh, now a days when I'm 36 years old, there's, there's people out there saying, man, like you're doing all this lifting and you know, why don't you, why don't you come back, bro? Let's do it again. And I'm just like, dude, like I like where I'm at with WrestlePro and with the wrestling scene. I've gotten to do a lot of things in the media rather than wrestle. I've gotten to work for Impact Wrestling. My, my demo reel got in the hands of a guy like Tony Schiavone. You know, like I, I did what I could and now I'm doing what I can to stay relevant in pro wrestling without having to get my ass kicked. And I know everyone, well, it's was fake. I'm like, well, I wish it was because if it was fake, I wouldn't have torn my ACL I wouldn't have had all these concussions. I wouldn't, you know, it sucked. It sucked. Uh, But I currently still work for Pat and and Kevin. And I think that their WrestlePro is still one of the premier independent wrestling companies in the world. Um, Now, what, where does that lead me to? Well, I was still wanting to do sports. Okay. Um, I wanted to write. I wanted to talk. I wanted to do all that shit. And I continued to do it throughout this, even when I was wrestling and doing the broadcasting, I got hired by the Cowboys wire, which is associated with USA today. That was my big break in sports writing. Thank you to Katie Drummond for the opportunity, because I got to write about the Dallas Cowboys. People in Dallas were starting to follow me on Twitter. blah blah, blah And I was like, Oh wow, my voice is actually fucking it's getting out there. Um, and it was fun, man. It was so much fun. And, um, that kind of ran its course. And I said to myself, all right, what's the big picture, Dave? Like you're, like, what, what do you want to do? And I said to myself, I'm done working for somebody. I need to establish myself. So I started and created Stellar Sports Media. Why did I do Stellar? Because my daughter's name is Stella. Okay. Um, that was my reason why. I was like, I am going to make this on my own. I'm going to be uh, the, the, the owner of a sports media company on my own. And I tried. I tried hard. I was doing social media, I was doing podcasts, I was doing all this shit that you're supposed to do, but when it came to business, I was like, I oof, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, like, this is bullshit, I was like, this sucks, I don't want to do this anymore, so I stopped doing that. I went and did the Jersey Boys podcast with Brett Ernst, uh, a nationally known comedian, as I say on every episode, and his brother Keith, and that was a revelation, man. I love doing that shit. Brett Ernst is one of my favorite comedians. He's on Cobra Kai, like, it, to know him, and he he introduced me to Turtle, uh, Jerry Ferrara of, of, of uh, Entourage, right? He introduced me to a lot of cool people in the, in the time that I knew uh, that I was going to be podcasting with him, right? So all that's happening. All that's happening, right? Where am I going with this? Well... It was December of 2020, right? And everybody's sitting at home. Nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen next because that entire year of 2020 was uh, just a cluster F. I don't even know how I abbreviated that. I've cursed enough on this thing. Um, but what what I'm saying is I, I started the Stellar thing. I got away from it. started doing the Jersey Boys thing. Stay, stuck with that. Um, but then a guy who I met, when I, you want to rewind, I, when I was bouncing at Big Shots back in 2010, named Chris Gucci, and I knew him as a Packer and Yankee fan. We used to go at it because he was the bartender over there or the server at Big Shots, and I would just go back and forth with him with my banters about the Cowboys, blah, 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 went to some games with him. Like, we were friends. Like, I knew the kid way back when. I wasn't in his circle. I was just – I knew who he was. So he hits me up with a message, and he goes, Hey, man, um, if you ever want to just drop your podcast, your Jersey Boys, into Chop Sports, the Facebook group, uh, to get you a little bit extra reach – do that and I kind of you know I was like oh, awesome uh Chris if you don't mind me asking what is chop sports you're right and he's like oh it's a Facebook group where I've compiled a bunch of people that just like to talk sports chop it up uh talk you know debate this debate that blah 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 I got the invite to that and I went into the Facebook group. I kind of took the look around I was scrolling up and down. I was like, wow, man, this is so cool. I was like, this is a Facebook group, but dedicated to just talking sports. I was like, bro, I know they're out there. I know they exist, but like, this was my first interaction with one. And I'm like, this is great. So I, I had replied back. I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And then uh, a month went by and I said, bro, you know, we should do a podcast together. You know, we talk enough. We already have a built-in audience. Why don't we do that? You know? And he's like, dude, I've been saving money. Uh, I've been getting all the equipment, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh man, he's already on the ball. You know, he wants to do a podcast. So I was like, I'll be your co-host. Let's do it. And the Chop Sports podcast was launched. And the more I thought about it over the traction that it was getting early, um, again, f- built in audience, right? Built in. There was a lot of people already supporting chop sports as the Facebook group. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. I, I love being a part of this. This is pretty, pretty nice. Um, I was approached by a couple people about potential advertising opportunities within our podcast. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Advertising dollars paid the podcast. Okay. I said to Chris, I said, bro, we might have something here, you know, like this, this could be a thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of seeing the same thing. Like the people are throwing some support. So within a blink of an eye, Chop Sports was created. And I think that it was an LLC by February of 2021. Now, were we just podcasting from our attics and our basements? Yeah, we were. Um, until my boy, Jason Bauman, who again, another kid I grew up with forever was doing a podcast with his friend, Dave Corbo. And he said, look, man, we found this office space in Madawan. If you want to split it four ways, you know, it it could be a little studio for us. I said, oh shit. I was like, I really don't need it. But then when I went and saw it, I'm like, all right. And lo and behold, the studio that I'm doing this podcast in right now is the same studio that chop sports did their first podcast in. Uh, we expanded very quickly because there was just, you know, it was four people in one room. We're like, we're not fucking poor. Like, we can actually get the two rooms and split that four ways, and it was perfect. So, there it was. Chop Sports was created. We had a little bit of a, a business going because of, A, advertisements, B, merchandise. Come July 1st, we're like, oh, let's launch a website. So, shout out to Steve Espara. July of 2021, we launched chopsportsmedia.com. That happened. Then the NIL thing happens, and we're like, what the fuck are we going to do here? The college kids are able to make money. How can we make money? Barstool Sports was doing a very similar thing, but they were just kind of saying, like, hey, uh, you can you can just put Barstool in your bio. Because I asked a couple of these people. I said, what, are, what exactly is Barstool doing for you guys? And they're like, oh, they, we get to put Barstool in their bio. I was like, okay, well, how do you make money? And they're like, well, uh, we don't know yet. And I was like, we don't know yet. I was like, dude. I was like, Chris, we've designed these shirts, right, for ourselves why don't we design shirts for these college athletes and cut them into the deal and have them make some money? So that's what we did. We got to meet the Mike Deverdoffs, defensive end of Rutgers. We got to meet John Paz, Colonia Bread, one of the best wrestlers, college wrestlers in the country. That spawned out to like 25 people due to talking to a guy named Jeff who was trying to recruit some of these guys after high school and college into the NFL. So we were like, fuck it, let's work with this guy. So we got 25 people. We got in over our heads easily. But fast forward, here we are, guys. Here we are. Chop Sports keeps growing. Uh, our studio now is heading into a different realm. It's it, while we love creating content, and I love creating content. Um, it was time to start making some real dollars. And how do we do that? How do we how do we turn this whole thing into just doing a podcast and then doing a live daily show and then all of a sudden getting paid by YouTube and everything was like, oh, this is cool. But, and advertisements were coming in. Shout out to some of the advertisers that have stuck with us since day one. Absolute eyewear. Fucking Mike The early. In, I, I, I'd i be remiss if I didn't say that Sean Basinger, Dr. Sean Basinger of Health and Fitness Professionals, came in as a fucking investor. We had zero. We had nothing as a business. And he's like, I like your vision. And it's funny because Sean was my last job before I did this. He, I was working the front desk. I hated it but I loved working for Sean and I love the people I worked with shout out to all those guys over there. And one of them being John Segretti. Once upon a time, me and John Segretti thought about doing this kingdom thing together, opening up a gym, right? Guess what? He went out and did it, right? So I was like, wait a minute, hold on. If he's doing that, I'm going to do this. So Sean knew the writing was on the wall and I wanted to dedicate my entire life to chop sports and the future of the business. So I literally left full-time benefits, good pay. I was out. I was like. I'm done. I'm done. So, and of course, look, anybody who knows me knows that I have a phenomenally, phenomenally talented, better half at home, right? And she does very well. And so it wasn't like I was, all right, F this. I know I got kids and everything, but I'm just going to fucking leave everything. Clearly, I was in a position where I could do that for a little bit until it jumped off and I'd be floated until that. So I'm not sitting here like, I can't believe I did all this and I left all this behind. I did. I did leave a salary behind and things did get tighter around the home, you know, but I'm putting all, everything I got into this, every red cent that I got, every cent that we've gotten as a business has gone back into the business. There was a time where Sean, as an investor, basically uh, told me, hey, around Christmas time, Give yourself a couple bucks. You know, you've worked hard. You've earned it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Like, we agreed on a price and everything. We agreed on an amount. I said, Chris, Gooch, my man, you get this, I get this. I didn't take mine. Can't say what he did. He might have bought a pair of sneakers. But, like, I, I didn't take mine, right? Because I was like, you know what? I, I-, I want to keep this in the bank account. I want to keep this in the business, right? So now we're going to be renting out studio space and I'm doing it from the blue studio, the audio room studio right here where you can, you can set up a camera. You can set up all this shit if you want. And then we have the desk in which my uncle Billy built with his bare hands and his friends over at cabinet creations. Right. So like the people that we've uh, uh, aligned ourselves with are phenomenal, phenomenal people. Right. And, And the people that have helped us since day one are phenomenal people. And I will forever be indebted to all of these people that gave Chop Sports the, the green light when some people said no. Some people said, oh, you're trying to be Portnoy? That's cute. You're going to fail. you know. And some people said, uh, oh, you want to be Barstool, bro? You're not. And I'm like, I know. We're Chop. We're Chop. We're not Barstool. We're not John Boy. We're not any of these other guys. And don't get me wrong, and, and don't get it twisted. John Boy, Barstool, they're moguls. They're the biggest of the big when it comes to st- sports media companies now let's all forget or not not forget barstool was a blog barstool was a blog a written blog that you will go online and read funny shit they got picked up by a hedge fund guy right investing now Dave Portnoy is swimming in it right because somebody believed maybe Sean is our somebody that believed and I'm not saying that he lined our pockets where we're sitting here making it rain but he helped us tremendously right and John Boy, he's the one who exposed the Yankees and the Astros, the, the, the trash can thing, right? He gets his start. Now the man is featured on, yes, the Yankees Entertainment Sports Network, right? Like, so it, it all it takes is one, one person to see you, to like you, to think that there's something. Remember, Sean gave us something when there was nothing. And now what do we do going forward? I don't know. Will there be another investor? I don't know. But everybody knows. Everybody knows that I am driven, that there's not one thing that I won't do to benefit this company going forward. Um, they know that I'm putting my heart and soul into this. I'm waking up at 5 a.m. I have a, a beautiful little nine-month-old baby boy, and I got my girl Stelly, right? I got my family at home. I get up 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I get to the gym. I get to the gym to exercise the demons. That's a real thing. And then I go, and, uh, and I get to the office, and I start my day. Right. It's it doesn't stop. And right now, like I'm, as I record this pilot, I have something I got. I'm, I'm ring announcing tonight in Nork for WrestlePro. So I am not stopping anytime soon. And anybody who's anybody in this business will know my name at the end of all this. They will. And Gooch is, is just as, you know, driven and, and dedicated and, and has definitely. The, I'm doing this podcast in the studio that he built. I, I didn't do, I didn't lift a fucking finger with these soundproofing and the and everything. Everything that he did, he did this. He's very hands on. He's very good at what he does when it comes to that shit. I'm more of the marketing guy. I'm more of the guy that's going to keep staying up late at night just to try to figure something out. You know, we are a good yin and yang. Chop Sports will go as far as what we want it to go. Chop Studios is launching in September. You know, so that's going to be a thing. I'm going to sit down with people that I feel are like minded like me and that want to drive, and, and they want to succeed, and they will do everything in their power to succeed, I will do all that. I promise myself, I promise my family, I promised my friends that one day you're going to read my name in the bright lights, and you're going to be like, well, I knew him when he was just Chop Sports guy. Because one day this is all going to pay off. And if you don't think all the work that you're putting in right now is not going to pay off, then you're at the wrong spot. I was at the wrong spot my entire adult life until I got here. This is my spot. This is my studio. This is everything that I want to do, and I'm going to get everything I want out of it because what the fuck else do I got? I ain't going to drive trucks again. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to rent cars again. I'm not doing that. I'm going to live my life to the fullest every day as if one day it's all going to be over like that. I'm going to keep doing that. And I want to bring people that are much like me to have a conversation. I want to learn about you guys because guess what? Knowledge is half the battle. Market research is half the battle. Finding out what other people do is half the battle. It's just the other half I have to really, really like grind. Like, they, you know, there's always cliches. Oh, nobody grinds harder than me, right? I, I pride myself in that I come here and I leave it all out here no matter what. We've gone through weird shit. We've gone through a pandemic, another pandemic, another fucking thing where we had to close down stu- We've had to do it all. We've endured it all. We've right here, we're here right now. So this podcast is my outlet to talk about things like entertainment, some sports, some wrestling, some life, some dad tricks. I don't know all the dad tricks. I might need a dad to tell me what to do. My dad has done a phenomenal job teaching me how to be a good dad there's probably other tricks to the trade that I want to learn, right? I want to learn. So this has been a long one. This will be probably the longest one uh, because I wanted to get people to get to know me. And I think that if you've heard the sound of my voice, you can hear the passion in my voice. You can hear what I want to do and what I want to get out of this. Chop Studios launching in September. If you or anybody you know wants to start a podcast or they want to do a YouTube show or they want to market their business or they want to do all that using digital marketing and, and podcasting and all that shit, hit me up. That's what we're here for, man. That's what we're here for. We want to grow with you. Okay. There's a lot of cool shit on the horizon. We're coming into the greatest time of the year, football season. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so it hasn't really been a good time of the season, a <laughs> good time of the year since like 95, but it's still a good time of the season. I love the sport of football. I love talking football. I love talking on the mic. If you haven't realized that yet, you can follow me. You can follow the show at a sit down with Sturch. You can follow me at Chop Sports Sturch on Instagram or Dave Sturchio on Twitter. You can do all that. You can subscribe to the Chop Sports Media YouTube channel. We go live every day from eleven o'clock to twelve-ish, right? We want to talk sports, the world of sports. That's where you go do it. So thank you for listening to episode one. I greatly appreciate all the all the the positive feedback I'm about to get on this bitch. And that's that's a total I have no idea. You all you all might hate this. I don't know. I might get one download. But for that one person that does download this, thank you. I'll see you guys next time.